0: broken crayons broken crayons broken crayons still color this is the broken crayons still color podcast with your host Shelly Hitz each episode contains an inspiring story of hope and healing in Christ many times what we see as our biggest regrets failures and mistakes become what God uses the most in our lives God is able to transform our brokenness into something more beautiful than we can even imagine he takes our mess and creates a masterpiece. You see, Broken Crayons, Still Color. Welcome back
1: to the Broken Crayons, Still Color podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Hitz, and today's guest is Lisa Dykes. Welcome, Lisa. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're here to you know share your story and just, um, I know a lot of people are going to be blessed. Before we dive in, I'm just going to share just a little bit about you and then, um, you know just allow you to share what god has has put on your heart to share so lisa has a powerful story she was freed from the shame of her past which included years of molestation as a young girl severe drug addiction and emotional heartache she now lives an amazing life through jesus christ and is being used as a vessel for god She has a website and a Facebook group called From Broken to Beauty, and so she's going to share her story on today's podcast. So as we get started, Lisa, why don't you just start by sharing what the broken crayons look like in your life?
2: Oh, goodness. Um, From the beginning it was just years of the shame that i endured because i was not able to express into words to anyone what was going on with being molested and yeah. um you know i mean you, you really as a child you don't know how to put those into words of what's being done to you so um you know it wasn't until i was an adult that i actually was able to identify to the extent of what was happening to me, you know, and reflect back on, um, you know, just those years that I was tormented, that mm-hmm. this is exactly what was going on and um, how wrong it was, you know, because right. as a child, you, don't, you really don't know, um, you know, as, an, as a young child, you don't know the extent of what's being done to you because, um, you know, the, the, you know, the person that's molesting you is telling you, you know, it's okay. And usually you're, you know, you're being rewarded oftentimes. So, um, as for my case, I was, I would be rewarded and get treated better than my brothers. And, um, so for myself speaking, it wasn't until I got a little bit later on into my adult life that I realized just how, um, traumatic that it was and how wow. it affected me. When
1: did it start?
2: Like, how old were you? Um, I was about eight when um, it first started. And um, if it had happened any sooner, I'm not sure if I really would have known anything other than that was, I, I knew something wasn't right because it was a secret, Oh, yeah. No, he was always, he would always tell me not to tell my mom or my brothers, you know, and it's a secret, but I think ha- I knew something was wrong because he didn't want me to tell But had it happened to me, if I was a lot younger, you would have never really have known, you know, that that was something that wasn't right. You wouldn't have had those little warning signs or, or, you know, those, those bells or whistles going off that this might not be right because,
1: right. You know, So, you know, a lot of times when things happen, when we're as a child, it's as like you were saying, it's as an adult that it's brought to the surface and we start to work through some of that pain. And when would you say you really hit the lowest point for you in your life? Like, was it later? Um, Or, you know, it was much later.
2: It was, um, it was in, into my adult years. That um, I began to use drugs to kind of cover up a lot of the pain that I was going through because I didn't understand why I was so hurt inside yeah. and broken inside, and didn't really understand why I was mad, but I was mad all the time, or um, you know, upset because I was upset all the time. Yeah, um, you know, so I didn't really understand. So I thought, let me just use you know, I, I use drugs to kind of cover up just the pain and the shame that um, I endured so many years of. And so I, the drugs took me away from just being able to live in myself because you, you can't get away from yourself. You can't get away from the thoughts that you hear in your head or the way that you feel about yourself. Th- those thoughts are there. And so for a short period of time, drugs allowed me the, the, just the seconds of relief. And, um, if anything, those seconds helped me to just not be, you know, to just be able to cope, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah. And so a lot of times what happens is we have this painful experience that happens and then, you know, we're just trying to cope. We're trying to survive, you know, <laughs> and like what? you're like, like trying to get a moment of relief or, yeah. you know, um, And so for you, it was drugs. And like, what did it look like when you were at your low point?
2: Um, I mean, for my low point was towards the end when, um, all the fun that I guess anybody that could say that they have fun when they're using, that was all gone. And it brought me only back to the way I felt in the beginning, if not Thousand times worse because now I've got the shame of that I'm on drugs, and not that I'm just on drugs. That I'm strung out on these drugs, wow. and um, that it just began to where it didn't cover up and hide anything anymore. If anything, it manifested it louder to wow. where, um, and it's crazy. And not really thinking about that until I just actually said that. But it that's exactly how it made it. It made those whispers become into screams and I could no longer live with myself. It was an enormous amount of shame because I was, you know, affecting my husband, my children, my mom, um, you know, other relatives and friends. And they were witnessing what I was doing to myself, but they just didn't understand why. They, They couldn't understand what was going on so bad in my life that, i wanted to live like this and or that i chose to live like this because they just thought you know well, if you wanted to stop you could stop but um like i said before you know that i had just gotten you know the fun went away so when the fun goes away you're addicted and you're addicted faster than what you realized and i couldn't stop then because i didn't have any any means to stop i didn't know how to stop because the drugs were so addictive that um I didn't know really what to do. And I honestly, it wasn't until I wanted to take my own life that I thought, you know, I can't live like this. So what could I do? And the only option that came to my mind was trying to take my life because I didn't want to keep putting my children through what I I felt like I was putting them through. But at the same time, I couldn't continue to live as feeling the feelings I was feeling and wasn't able to put those, feelings into words because I felt so broken. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, So you, you really, you know, shared a lot in that. And one of the things that I really felt like came out is that you were trying to silence, you know, these and hide these voices and the shame and yet it became magnified through the addiction and, and, and trying to cope with it the best you knew, you know, at the time you're just like, I just don't even know. And and also, you, you mentioned it's just been hard to put things into words. And I think especially yeah. when you have deep, deep pain from a childhood, you know, and, and there's just all this stuff that's wrapped around it and, you know, all of these things that, these roots of, you know, things, it's like, sometimes it's just yeah. hard to even put it into words. And so I know a lot of people can probably relate to what you're saying, but what was the turning point for you when you were in this place and you're, you're thinking, okay, the only way out is to take my own life. Like, um, what was the turning point for you?
2: Um, I had a friend that actually reached out to me and, and she invited me to church and, um, you know, I, I really didn't question the invitation. I didn't even give it, it, that's the first time in my life that really had happened because normally I'm saying I talk myself out of it. I second guess, but that invitation went to immediately a yes. Wow. and within days, I was at Sunday service, could not believe the welcome feeling, because now mind you, I hadn't seen this girl in probably about 10 years, and the invitation that I, when I seen her was to come to church, and it was like, yes, something deep inside me knew that's what it was going to take to save me, and um, you know, like I said, we made it to church, and It was probably not even one song that was played before I knew if, if there's an altar call, I'm going to it. And to be honest with you, I don't even know what the service the preacher preached on. I can't recall any of those things. I just could hear that lady's voice and the anointing she had on her to where it was all those walls started coming down to where everything I had built up over, you know, on and off over a 10 year span of using drugs was coming, coming down just literally, um, melting, just all of it was coming down. And I, I was kind of, I didn't question why I knew it was God. I knew that was the only thing that could save me was God. So at the end of the meeting, I went down and talked to a pastor and I immediately told him I'm addicted to drugs and it's extremely severe. And he didn't hesitate. He was like, okay, I can get you into treatment. I can get you the help. I know a lot of people. Wow. And, um, I was like, that's what I said. I was like, are you kidding me? Because I never had, I always had doors slammed in my face. And the quote of, from everybody is I didn't look like a drug addict. So I just thought, okay, yeah. All right. Well, you know, we'll see. So, um, he stood by every word he said, every single thing to where it was like Teen Challenge was where he was going to be able to get me in. That's a year-long program.
1: Yeah, I've heard of it.
0: And
2: Yep. So um, before I even had a chance to sign paperwork, something just inside of me, you know, for myself speaking, was telling me to get involved with the church and that not necessarily I would need to just to go into treatment. And I didn't understand that because um, you know, I, I was thinking I would have to go into treatment. And I didn't for myself speaking, that was not the case. I ended up working intensely with a lady from the church that later on I became a member of and she helped me with treatment that is equivalent to like a 12, um, 12 Oaks recovery, a really expensive inpatient treatment center. I was able to, yeah, so it's a very, you know, it's a few different insurances that it will, it will take, but it's roughly around 12,000, I believe is what, um, the last time that we checked on the price of it was, I was able to get, yeah, it's a, but it's the success rate is, you know, huge. So, um, I was able to get that treatment, outpatient treatment and was able to end up becoming really good friends with the lady and um so I never made it through the doors of a rehab center. I made it to the altar and gave my heart and life to God and when I tell you not one thing in my life changed everything in my life changed. Wow. It was just huge because you know, you you think with an addiction as severe as what my addiction was, only inpatient treatment was what it was going to take. But um, a lot of people underestimate the power of what God can do and how he moved in my life was huge. <clears throat>
1: Excuse yeah, me. it sounds like even just as you were in the church that first time, the Holy Spirit was working in your heart and your life from the moment the first yes. song was saying and it was like, it w- It just sounds like God was on a rescue. And I, I don't know it if was. people were praying for you, but I just wonder like, you know, if people have been praying for you and it was just an answer of prayer too. It was, that was, you're exactly right. That is, that is the
2: number one factor that, that I do tell everybody. It was the power of prayer and I never under, never underestimate it. But at the same time, I I preach it to the whoever will listen, never give up on a person and Mm. and pray to God for them. Because I know for a fact, you know, it was my mother that prayed for me, but at the same time, I have three sons and, you know, a husband and, you know, a best friend. that's amazing. And I know those people prayed for me as if it was their own lives.
1: Wow.
2: Those prayers were, they were what saved me. I don't doubt it. I feel as if it's like God since, you know, I can hear him putting on my spirit, it were it was those prayers. And had they not prayed them, you would still be where you was, if not dead. And I don't take it for granted. I don't question it. I so sincerely just feel it in my in my spirit that um they got through to God. Somehow, some way they, they managed to, you know, I don't know if it was a collective because they all prayed and was praying the same thing. But, um, you know, it worked. And I, I can't tell you how grateful that I am because in all that, there's been lives that's been changed. And, um, you know, my, my husband got saved. My mom got saved. They got baptized. My son, he got saved. He got baptized. And um, what God's doing now for me is that he's helping me Have the courage to get out there and try to to help someone else, and um, share the message that he's still in the business of miracles, and um, nobody's too far gone, you know, or too broken. So
1: yeah, and you're. I was just kind of getting teary eyed when you were talking about like all these people that were. You know, on your side and praying for you. And, you know, it was just like, you know, that friend invited you, and then it was just like boom, 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 boom. And God just was really showing up in your life. And it reminds me a little bit of a story that Jim Simbala told in his book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, of his daughter. His daughter was um, far from the Lord and just doing all sorts of things. And they had a prayer meeting at their church one night, and he said, somebody just was like, I feel so strongly. We're supposed to pray for your daughter. And, um, you know, I I can't give the story justice, but they all just joined together. And it was that collective prayer of just like, we are not letting go. Exactly. Exactly. And it makes me want to cry just because. Yeah.
2: It, it really is. (laughs) I'm, I kind of have to, I get choked up and I have to try to hold it together because i cry about everything, but the majority is what God's done for me and how I can see his hand moving in my life. And I don't, I mean, I just didn't really understand why what it was in me that he's seen that was worth saving. And, um, why it would be me. So I asked that a lot and, um, it's never a day that goes by that I don't say to him, you know, not that it's works that I try to do to earn back anything, but it's the the wasted time that I spent not serving him. I want to give that back. I want to reach back out to help as many people that has a second chance, or a, you know, maybe don't they don't have the the team that was behind me praying. So it's like, okay, I'm going to bring a team. I'm going to bring as many friends as I can find and pray for you and um Yeah, it's huge to see the hand of God in your life and then to turn and walk back, you know, to where you was at.
1: Yeah, it's like in the Bible, um, talks about, you know, the woman who was anointing Jesus feet with this oil and all this stuff. And the people are like, but she's wasting the money, you know, um, or the perfume. And they're like, she's wasting all this money. We could give it to the poor. And Jesus was, I I think it was that story, but it was like, he's like, she's been, you know, the person who has been forgiven much. Is, loves much, and exactly. um, basically, you know, when you have been forgiven so much and and been brought into this love of Christ and restored and healed, it's like then you have this compelling desire to love Him back yes. in, an, in an extravagant way. And so, you know, that's why He's, I think, putting on your heart is like, yeah, I can't help but want to do these things and to help others and to love Christ in this, you know, through loving other people because of all he's right. done for me.
0: Exactly. But
1: if you could give someone one piece of advice or encouragement, you know, just from all that you've been through, and I know you're probably still, you know, working through things, but what, what advice or encouragement would you give? Um, well, yeah, I, like you said, I am still working through
2: things and daily I do find things you know, that I still need to fix and work on and tweak and everything didn't get perfect that day. But, um, if there's one thing that I could tell someone else is, um, maybe just make sure you you give him everything, you know, you, you tell him to just take it all, you know, just submit yourself to God and, Just say to him, you know, take everything, you know, don't just come into the living room of my house, come into every room in my house. I'm going to lay it all down. And I want you to come in and every area of my life and just lay it down. Just lay it all down and allow him that chance to just work room from room to room and area and area and unpeel them layers. but you have to invite him in. You have to lay it down and say, you know, and and it's not just with the things that I went through. It's in everything. You, you have to be submissive to God, but you have to start by laying it down somewhere. And where I was so broken, I didn't think I had that much to really lay down, but you do, you know, you have to, um, You have to start somewhere. And if that's where I could tell people just start by just putting it all down. And once you do that, it gives you an enormous amount of freedom that it's like the book bags. Like I expressed one time, it's heavy loads of your mess that's in these book bags. You start laying them things down. And by the time you get up and you walk away, the load's been lifted and you can breathe again. Mm -hmm. You lighten your load. By just that simple act of submission, you know. I guess I guess that's the word. Um, but yeah. you lay it down before God and watch Him move miracles and or make or do miracles and move mountains in your life. And um, it's beautiful when when He finishes or or when He gets to going. It's a beautiful thing to look back. And see that he honestly made changes in your life that, for myself speaking, I never thought I'd be able to change. And I never thought would change. So, um, yeah, it's it's yeah. beautiful to just lay it all down at the feet of Christ. And once you do that, you really don't have anything. You, you don't have anything else to hold back that you don't let him, you know, take over and take Control of so yeah,
1: because I think the shame once us causes us to want to hide, and so I think I think kind of what you're saying too is just being willing to bring all of that into open with Christ, and and He's safe. He's a safe place. I mean, there's there's certain people that you know that you can really trust, and you know that you can share with. But you know when you're walking through all this stuff, it's not necessarily like the time to be telling everyone. But you know, bringing that from you know from, from being hidden to, to being, you know, open, you know, and laying that before Christ and trusting, you know, that he is safe and that, you know, you can lay it to him. And then, like you said, I mean, it's just, it's been a miracle and there's, there's not any certain, like seven steps you can give. It's um, Christ has done the work, you know, and you have had to, you know, walk it out day by day. But, you know, just knowing that there is hope, you know, there's exactly. hope for anyone that is going through a really difficult situation, or you have family members or friends that are going through something, and you think they'll never change. Like, never give up hope. Now, Please. do you have? Yeah, do you have a particular scripture that has really meant a lot to you through this?
2: I have really grown fond of Proverbs three, five, and six, and um, it says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, heart and." not lean upon your own understanding. Um, for myself, trust. Um, that's kind of an iffy word for me. You know, for a lot of people that's went through the things that I've went through, you know, you're scared to trust anybody. But once I seen that I could trust God, I knew that I could not lean upon my own understanding. I had to really trust him completely with everything. And, um that's a beautiful verse to me. I really try to read it often and I share it with as many people as possible because as as many things has happened to me and I was still able to find the courage and strength to trust God, he's not ever let me down. And I think more so because he knows that he knows that he he had to win that over. He, you know, he, he didn't have to, but you know what I mean? He, he knew for myself speaking, he had to, show up and show me, you know, he was trustworthy. And once he showed me that, it's been nothing but beautiful since.
1: Yeah. I remember there was a time where I was having trouble just even feeling like I could completely trust God. And I remember he showed me because I was going through counseling and different things. And I had one instance of sexual abuse when I was younger. And I remember him saying like, Shelly, I am not like that man. I am not like that you know, cause we see God a lot of times as a, a male, as a, you know, male figure. And so it's like, but he's like, surely I am not like, I will not hurt you in that way, you know, and in any way. And, um, you know, it's easy to project sometimes our experiences onto God, whether it's, you know, with our father, you know, and, and some of the experiences we've had with the father or with other men. And so the Lord had to really heal my heart in a really deep way and, um, to, you know, it was really beautiful though. Cause then I was able to walk into much more deeper trust with him. Yeah. And so I think there's just so much that he, he just, he just wants to do. And, um, you know, I know there's probably a lot of people that have listened to this that might, might want to connect with you or get, um, in contact with you somehow. Do you have a way for our listeners to, to find you or reach you online? Yes, I'm actually on um, Facebook and
2: it's under Lisa Dykes. But then I have a closed group where we, um, we welcome everybody because like I explained to everybody, it's not just that you're broken in this type of area, but there's are so many other areas in life that we're, you know, we're broken. And until we receive Christ, we will never be able to see the beauty of living. And so the closed group is from Broken to Beauty so um you know we try to encourage one another to speak up and break the shame of just staying silent and for some of us we're the voice to people that can't have their voice or they have, you know they haven't found it yet um and also I have a website from broken to and on that I do list my personal telephone number because I look at it like this I would never not want to be able to help somebody in some way, whether it's a text or email or, you know, anything and make myself available because, um, not everybody had that support system that I had. And if they're serious about getting their life to where they should be, you know, I list my telephone number on there. I list, you know, in any way they need to reach me. I make my, I try to make myself available because, um, you know, it's a beautiful thing whenever you can get, to the foot of the cross, but sometimes a lot of people just don't know how to get there. So if I can help in any way, you know, I try to make myself
1: available. Great. And, you know, I think your story is just another really great example of how God can turn our messes into masterpieces. And he's taken all that you've been through and now he's using it to help so many others. And I love that from broken to beauty. So definitely, um, you know, look up that group on Facebook and check out her website and connect with her. If you, you know, if you are feeling that tug to really connect with Lisa and, um, you know what the ministry that she has definitely do that. So thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing your story today.
2: Thank you, Shelly. And again, I, I really appreciate that you wrote that book because, um, had I not seen your, little clip on you version, I honestly would not even realize how, how important it was to speak up and share what has happened in my life. So thank you. And, um, it means a lot to me. I cried the whole time when I was reading it because it was just every part of that book touched me. And, um, I can't tell you thank you enough.
1: Yeah, you know that's just the way that God works, you know, and it's a ripple effect because now you're going out and you're encouraging others to share their stories and to plant the seeds. So, you know. Yeah, receive healing in Christ. And yes. for those of you that may not know, my book's called Broken Crayon, Still Color. There's a free U version devotional um, that you can also go through. And yeah, it's just it was just really amazing when you contacted me after you had went through that and just seeing now all that God is doing and what He is um, going to continue to do in your life. And I know it's, um, he's going to use you in, in powerful ways. So, you know, just thank you for being willing to share your story and, um, you know, for, for, you know, just being open, you know, open to what God wants to do in your life. Amen. Thank you so much. And thank you all for joining us today. If you or someone you know has a powerful story to share, I'd love to have you on the podcast. You can apply to be featured at shellyhits.com forward/story. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Broken Crayons Still Color Podcast. We have a gift for you. Download Shelly's hand-drawn adult coloring pages, as well as printable scripture cards, and all the transcripts from this podcast at www.brokencrayonsbook.com. If today's story inspired you, please share it with a friend and leave us a comment on iTunes. We love hearing from you and your encouragement means the world to us. In closing, God is the artist and our lives are his canvas. What will you allow him to create from the broken pieces in your life? When you are in Christ, you are his masterpiece. I am a masterpiece. I am a masterpiece.